0: Hello friends, welcome to another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. This is me, Hayden Bo, Simon Chang, and Simon's filling in again. Uh, Steffi, we're still in Vegas, Steffi is uh, doing her thing boxing, and uh, she will be back on the next one, but for now, we're uh, we're covering for her. So this is honestly, I think, one of my favorite episodes. Uh, We talk about some stuff that you don't really get to hear on a lot of fitness uh podcasts. We have um Brandy Terry, world record holder in the deadlift in the 165 uh weight class and we talk about some things outside of powerlifting. If you guys don't know, she has a successful only fans business going and we go in deep asking her about what it's been like to, you know, explore that route with all the stigma that's around it. Uh you know, how people around her felt about her doing it if she's felt the pressure uh, you know to not do it if she thinks it affects her professionally all that all the stuff that you want to be able to ask somebody about it we ask her uh, and she's awesome and open about it so I hope some people um, I hope this normalizes the conversation a little bit uh, and I don't know maybe inspires some people to be less scared uh, of what everyone else thinks because I think she's got a really good handle on it uh, as always uh tag us or screenshot this episode when you're listening tag us on instagram post that up in your story tag hybrid unlimited me simon you'll automatically be entered in a draw to potentially win a drop from hybrid legacy brand and if you don't know what that is screw you (laughs) i'm just kidding but if you don't know what that is it is the swaggiest workout uh, wear, street wear, everything wear you can possibly get, and it comes from us here at Hybrid. So if you're a true follower, uh, you're gonna you're gonna want to rep the team. This episode is brought to you by Stay Classy Meats. Stay Classy Meats curates quality specialty meat from small batch ranchers and processors across the northern Rockies. Check them out at stayclassymeeats.com and use code hybrid in all caps to get ten percent off. This podcast episode is also brought to you by Beam. Beam is committed to producing high-quality, natural, innovative wellness products trusted by some of the world's top professional athletes. Beam creates products to support four main categories, balance, performance, recovery, and sleep. These products are combined of both CBD and non-CBD ingredients. By tapping into how we function biologically, CBD can work to regulate pain, mood, appetite, anxiety, and inflammation. As a hybrid unlimited listener, you get 15% off your order with code HYBRID in all caps. So check them out. That's BEAM and use code HYBRID in all caps for 15% off. I think that's it for housekeeping. So sit back, relax, enjoy another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. All right, dude. All right. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having First-timer. me. First timer, hopefully, many more to come. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, one of the strongest women. To walk the planet right now, it's (laughs) got to be a pretty cool feeling. Uh, It was awesome. We were super pumped. uh, Obviously, when you signed up for the hybrid showdown, but there's like a certain level of anxiety when big lifters, uh, you know, people who are trying to do big things, uh, come to the meet because if they do poorly, then the meet gets shit talked. (laughs) (laughs) So, thank you for putting on a great show. Yeah, Uh, all time world record deadlift at, what was it? Five? 585. 585. Yeah. So that's six wheels and pound plates. That's a cool milestone. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, man, one of my, I think that was one of my favorite yeah. lifts of the whole meet. I, my two were probably Julius Maddox's yeah. bench press. That, that was, was insane. an insane thing to see. Uh, and then your deadlift. And uh, yeah. I know we, I, well, we had talked about it on the podcast before. About your deadlift getting like some heat for no reason at all, yeah, and then <laughs> you know, I think it was another podcast that had talked about it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, got to Reddit, whatever. But the complaints of, of the thing of the of the meat or or of the the people were like there weren't other people in your weight class or something for yeah. you to compete against.
1: It uh, was like uh, basically implying that I wouldn't have done as good as I did if there was more competition there. Which I don't see how that affects my total, but, uh, yeah.
0: but yeah. And also, when you're talking about like a, a, a world record, it's yeah. like there is no competition. <laughs> yeah. This is literally the most that's ever been lifted in the world. Nobody else can do it. Yeah. So it's like, what do you? What did they think would, would happen if someone else was there?
1: Yeah, I I don't know what the logic behind that was because it wasn't even the fact that, like, I don't need validation from you know outside sources. Like I know what I did, but it was the fact that. Um, it was just total kind of disrespect of like, there was actually like a text thread between, uh, the guy who runs the podcast and, uh, Joe that was like, well, maybe, you know, if she wasn't satisfied with our report, maybe she can do better and impress us next time. And it's like, what do I have to do? Like, I just did the heaviest deadlift ever in my weight class. Like, yeah, it didn't, it didn't make any sense.
0: It's crazy though. In this internet age, everybody has a voice, right? Yeah. And sometimes... Much they're more impressive they're than they're a, world voices. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's <laughs> a world record. Yeah, it's the best. It's the best it's It's a world record. No one's ever done it, ever. Yeah. yeah. Um, And it was super legit. It wasn't like... Very clean lift. You lost... You, ooh, did she lose her grip and try to hide it? Or yeah. like, you know, did you have a weird lockout? No, it was like, no, it was a great lift. Yeah, so, exactly.
2: Again, thanks for doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How did it feel? Was that... Because I believe that was your first... Dude, so... <sighs> was that your first uh, world record?
1: No, so I actually hit it three times before. So I hit it the first time in 2018 at the US Open, that was my mm-hmm. first big meet. Uh, I chipped Christy Hawkins' world record. I think I deadlifted like 558 or whatever. Okay. And then later that year in November, I competed against Christy and I pulled it on my second attempt. And then she pulled like 570 or something maybe, or just chipped whatever I had. And I actually went for 585 and uh-huh. I got stapled. It got like right to my knee and I couldn't get it past. And Then she hit it at like 570. So she had it for a while. And then, um, I think she upped it again later that next year. And then finally at hybrid, I got it back. So that was my third time.
0: What, uh, what was it, the record going into the meet?
1: Uh, I chipped her record by a pound. She hit 584 at a meet earlier this earlier last year. Um, I think it was like in the fall or something. And so I chipped it by like a pound. I wanted more, but I cut a lot of weight and... That was my second attempt that I hit the world record on, and I didn't have any more in me. Yeah, talk
0: talk about that weight cut, (laughs) because Joe was saying it was so bad, you were snapping on your dad. (laughs) (laughs) He was trying to help him understand what what a tough weight cut looks like.
1: So uh, I cut 15 pounds for this meat. I started my water cut at 180. And it was all water? uh, For the most part, yeah. Uh, I I dyed it a little bit, but yeah, I, I think the heaviest I got into prep was like 183. So I got down to like 179, 180, and I officially started my weight cut at 180. And then when I, I had to sweat off, I think six pounds. Um, so I was in the sauna the night before weigh-ins. I couldn't last a long time. I think I only could do like 10 minute sauna sessions because I was just, I was in bad shape. I had abilene all over my body. I was hungry. I was tired. So I think we were in the sauna from... I think we got there at like eight or nine and we didn't leave till like one or almost two mm-hmm. and I still had like a pound and a half
0: well one or two in the morning
1: yeah so I thought I could float that off you know in my yeah. sleep but mm-hmm. that was not
0: when you're already sucked dry you don't lose a lot overnight yeah, yeah. so
1: uh weigh were at nine and we were scrambling to find a gym so we found a planet fitness like two miles away down the street they opened up at seven so we got there at seven and I was switching off and on between um the stairmaster and the treadmill so i would go on the stairmaster and then when i thought i was going to pass out i would switch to the treadmill and i was in like i was in my sweatshirt joe's sweatshirt and a pair of his joggers Jeez. and every like 20-ish minutes i would run into the uh, bathroom because i brought a scale with me to check my weight <laughs> and i think my scale was a little bit off because when i got there to weigh-ins i was like 0. 0.4 over 0. 0.4 kilos uh. over so I remember actually uh, yelling at the lady who was weighing me in because she's like, do you just want to weigh in at that? And I was like, no, like, I have to keep cutting weight. <laughs> so I grabbed the keys from Joe and I put on more layers and I went and sweat in the car. I blasted the heat. the heat yeah, for like 30 minutes. And uh, when I came out, I called Joe and I was like, I think you know, I sweat a lot, I think I'm, I'm on weight. And my dad was actually walking to his car at that time and he came to see me. And I was bent over outside the car, dry heaving. <laughs> and uh, oh. he came over and he was like, you know, like, what the fuck's going on? Like asking Joe. And I remember he tried to like touch my back to, to rub my back. And I was like, don't fucking touch me. <laughs> and uh, that was the first time that my parents have seen me cut weight. And Joe had to like talk my dad off a ledge because he was super worried about me. Because I, I look like shit. Like I, there was no way that I should have done as well as I did. But
0: yeah. Well, at a high level meet. Yeah. You usually don't look good at the weigh ins. Yeah. Anybody, you know?
1: Yeah. It was, I remember I remember walking to weigh ins and, and Steffi saw me. She was outside. She's like, oh. And I was like, hey. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I've been there. She, yeah. She knows exactly yeah, what exactly. you're going through. Exactly. So that um, was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. But and you still, so Joe is saying, yeah. You know, is Joe your coach as well? Yes. So he, yes. he he's now he's you coaching. Water cuts, for me. And he was, well,
1: Scott Miller, who was his coach, uh, actually coached me into the meet, but now, Joe's going to be my coach. Okay, so, yeah. cool.
0: Um, so yeah, he but he was handling you at the meet mm-hmm. and he was super concerned because <laughs> for anyone listening, it's not advisable to lose all your weight through exercise <laughs> <laughs> when you're doing a cut. Um, so yeah, you did that. I mean, uh, and you said you did like a couple hours, right? Total on the Stairmaster and walking yeah. and stuff? Yeah. it's yeah. a lot. I, I mean,
1: think we started cardio at 7 a.m. and then we got to weigh-ins at like 9.30, 9.45.
0: Oh man, I yeah. would be so like, pre-fatigued going into squat because I know if I'm on the Stairmaster for like 10 minutes, yeah. my glutes and quads are blown up.
1: I don't know how, but I was really surprised at how good my legs felt after I like rehydrated. Like I didn't feel like I did wow. that at all. So I don't know what maybe happened. It's, maybe it's the secret <laughs> weapon. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah I to do everyone every do two now. hours of cardio the morning <laughs> ends on the Stairmaster specifically and you'll do great.
0: That's awesome. But <laughs> so, I mean, despite that, which would, you know, normally be a disadvantage, you went in, how would squat go?
1: Squats went well. Like, I I felt like my warm-ups were good. Like, I felt pretty fresh, and uh, I don't know what I was originally supposed to open with. I don't really know any of my numbers when I compete, because I'm such a head case. I kind of just go and lift the weight. That's the only thing that I'm like about. Like, you'll go up to the bar
0: and not know what it is? Yeah. Oh, that, I, never I could do. never do that. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't do that. That would freak me out.
1: I mean, I I always know that my opener is something that I could easily do for, like, a triple. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think the only thing I knew really was my deadlift opener. And I didn't know the exact. I just knew like the range of what it was. Right. Um, But yeah, squats went well. I think we dropped my opener to like 424. So, and that moved really easily. So we went up to, I think my second attempt was somewhere around like 450, 460. And then we went to 479.
0: And in sleeves.
1: Yeah. Three for three. Wow. Felt fine. Yeah, I don't know. Wow, that's <laughs> good.
0: And uh, your next meet coming up is?
1: Uh, the showdown. And what, what are your goals for that? Uh, well, I would like to squat, depending that I don't have to cut as much weight uh, or that it won't be as hard, I'd like to hit like anywhere from 5 to 5.25 squat. I'd like to finally break into the threes for bench, so like 303, like 292 to 303. Um, and deadlifts, I would like to hit 6+. plus.
2: Wow! Yeah, so. that'd be huge. hit
0: six plus. Yeah, uh, and at one sixty five. Yeah, six. Wait, so we so were, we're like just three. talking about this earlier. So that would make you the lightest yes. woman in yeah. history to deadlift six hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool yeah. thing. To be that able was the say. goal
1: this past me but I mean the weight cut. I just didn't have enough in me. Yeah, was, like I didn't have another pound. It's <laughs> tough
0: when you're so close. Like something like 585, you can, like, just see how little weight needs to be added to, like, make that round. Yeah. Yeah. Like a 601, it would be technically right. And,
1: I mean, I I wanted to do it, but I do this thing uh, where I, like, cry. So, like, I I was crying after that 585, and, like, I just didn't have it in me mentally to just, like, I get very emotional when I lift. I don't know why. Well, especially at meets, uh, just because it's, like, all this work finally coming Mm -hmm. to a head. And so... Yeah.
2: Especially after a world record. Yeah, exactly. Even, even if it was, did move easy and you know you had 600, it's like, ah, well, I don't yeah. want to hype myself up again. It's
0: such like an adrenaline dump. And like when you
2: have a number in mind, you're like, this is the
0: number yeah. I'm going to hit. And you do it, you go through the whole emotional roller coaster. And exactly. then someone's like, do you want to go up? You're like, ah, oh. yeah. Cause even <laughs> kinda though spent it the, last the last time last I
1: competed was in sleeves, uh, record breakers in 2018. So this was, I PR my total by like 200 ish pounds or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, the deadlift was all I cared about. Like, I didn't care about anything. It was great that you know I I pr'd on squats, I pr'd on bench, but like the deadlift was the one thing I was focused on because that's like my bread and butter. I'm a deadlift specialist, I guess. Yeah, that's
0: well, that's a good one to be good at. <laughs> yeah. That's the one yeah. everybody loves. So. Yeah, and exactly. it's the one that decides your order in a competition, exactly. right? Yeah, it's nice so. if you're if you're fighting for a spot, you can always put it on the bar and at least make that attempt. Exactly. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, I'm always interested to know how really high-level female powerlifters specifically uh-huh. uh, end up in the sport of powerlifting because you're seeing more and more of it now, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's just because it's more visible and you have more girls like yourself and mm-hmm. Steffi and you know uh, all, all the like new ones that have entered the sport mm-hmm. um, or if it's because there's more money involved in it now or what. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to know. One, did you play sports uh, prior to this, and if so, what were they? Uh, I grew, how'd you like transition into powerlifting? So
1: I grew up doing gymnastics. I didn't really do any other sport. I think that laid a really good foundation of me uh, for me. Uh, I figured out a lot of body awareness, things like that. I had a lot of flexibility. Um, in high school, I played a little bit of volleyball, but I wasn't super committed to it. I think I only did like a year. Um, but my dad was always into really into lifting weights. And so that's who I first got to the gym with. He showed me, you know, how to bench, how to squat, all the kind of basic things, uh, not very well, but you know. Right. Uh, and then when I was about sixteen, he started doing CrossFit, and uh, I was just, you know, following what my dad did. So I decided to join. I got pretty good at it. Uh, I was always really good at like the weightlifting portion. I'd always stay after class, after the wads, to do like back squats, snatch, clean, mm-hmm. and jerk, whatever. Um, and so eventually, I started kind of focusing on that a little bit. During CrossFit, I got injured. I uh, had like a little bit of a shoulder issue, and that kind of stopped me, you know, in my tracks on CrossFit. I knew that I never wanted to compete with it because I remember doing the CrossFit Open one year, and I was dying. Like I wasn't in that good a shape. It was like some snatch and like toes to bar workout, and I remember dying and people yelling at me. I just wanted to be like, shut the fuck up. Like <laughs> I can't do another rep. And so that's when I was like, I don't think I like the idea of competing. And so after I got injured, I started doing like a bodybuilding bro split and I met my ex who was a powerlifter at the gym and uh, started kind of training like him. That's when I kind of got into powerlifting. Steffi was actually one of the first women that I seen uh, who was a powerlifter. I was like, oh fuck, like I want to be like her. Like I want to be that strong. And so um, I think I followed like a Wendler 531 program like very loosely for Mm -hmm. like five weeks. I was in Mexico the week before a meet. I just signed up for one in December. This is in 2017. And I totaled, like, 864. So, like, pretty strong for a first meet yeah, and for not definitely. prepping. I think the squat was, like, 314, bench like, 180, and deadlifted, like, 360-something. Um, and that's when I liked competing because it was just me, and it was lifting heavy weights, and I wasn't, like, running, like, in cross or whatever. I just, like, I fell in love with it. And uh, that's kind of how it started. So, after that, I hired a coach, and... A year later, I think I was competing at the U.S. Open, or like a year and a half later.
2: Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, that's such it's a like hasn't quick. been long.
1: Yeah, because I yeah. remember my my ex competed at the 2018 Open, and I remember seeing Steffi and all and CC and all these strong ass girls. It's like I want to be here. Like next year or the year after, I want to be here, and I made it happen. So yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. it's
0: cool. changing so much. Yeah, it's uh, powerlifting's in a unique spot now too mm-hmm. because you had really like the three. Girls mm-hmm. uh, who are often competing for first, second, third. Mm-hmm. Cece, Mariana, and Steffi mm-hmm. are all now not competing. Yeah, right. I can't Mariana, Mariana
1: retired. Just announced mm-hmm. her
0: retirement. Steffi's on a boxing hiatus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cece, I'm not sure. She just, I think
1: she's like bodybuilding now okay. or something. I don't know if she's competing, but she's not training powerlifting as much. I don't think. Yeah,
0: that's what I thought too. Yeah. Uh, so you kind of have this like landscape where the female space is looking for that. Like who's that next person who's Mm going to get all like, you know, the attention and Mm -hmm. the notoriety who's going to be in the conversation for goat, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, And I think it's really cool. It's like those people have, have done a lot already in the sport. A lot of them feel maybe like they don't have anything to prove anymore. I'm sure Mariana made a post basically saying that, Yeah. you know, but now it's like, I think, well, I'd like to get your opinion if it's (laughs) motivating or if it's like, damn, I I never got the chance to like beat the best to be the best.
1: Um, I think it's motivating because it's kind of like, it makes me feel like my time is kind of coming. You know, there's like, there's ends of eras and dynasties and stuff like that. And it makes me hopeful to like, not get compared to other people. Um, And it kind of gives me my own path to kind of make a name for myself. So, yes. yeah. I mean, it'd be cool to, to compete against Mariana, but her competing at 123, 132 and lifting what she does and with the dots or Wilkes coefficient, I'd have to, I think to beat Mariana, I'd have to total like 16 or something, which is a oh, very long ways from now because I sure. feel like 13 something. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> you think it's possible?
1: To total 1600? Yeah. I, I think my ultimate goal is to deadlift like 666. So, 300 kilos, I think, or 661. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's wow. that's like a big goal. Of 300 mine. kilos, that's nuts. Yeah. I don't that's know if I'm going to do it at 165, but I feel like I could do it at like 181.
0: Uh huh. So, we'll yeah. see. Yeah. I mean, that's like a strong deadlift for a guy at 181 yeah yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah that's sick <laughs> yeah so that's the goal one I, I, day
2: i feel like it's cool too that i mean as you were saying it, you guys are kind of like taking over the space like everyone who is kind of at the top is uh retired or not lifting anymore but mm-hmm. the meats are getting bigger and bigger too mm-hmm. Um, Well,
1: then if you look at open powerlifting too, like the top 10, regardless of gender, like seven of them are female.
0: This episode is brought to you by Stay Classy Meats. Stay Classy Meats curates quality specialty meat from small batch ranchers and processors across the Northern Rockies. They are an athlete-focused meat company. Uh, Always, never, ever, no hormones, no antibiotics. They source from ranchers who are for the animals to free-range graze in low-stress environments on nutrient-rich regenerative grass. Montana is known for having very productive farmland and the nutrient-rich grass consumed by the animals is passed on to us. They cater to athletes who require the best quality products to put in their bodies. Nutrition is the base of our existence. The better the quality of the inputs, the less stressed out our bodies will be and the more efficient they will run. Quality, convenience, Small batch that stay classy meats. Check them out at steakclassymeats.com and use code HYBRID in all caps to get 10% off. This podcast episode is also brought to you by Beam. Beam is committed to producing high quality, natural, innovative wellness products trusted by some of the world's top professional athletes. Beam creates products to support four main categories balance, performance, recovery, and sleep. These products are combined of both CBD and non-CBD ingredients. By tapping into how we function biologically, CBD can work to regulate pain, mood, appetite, anxiety, and inflammation. As a hybrid unlimited listener, you get 15% off your order with code HYBRID in all caps. So check them out. That's BEAM and use code HYBRID. Hybrid in all caps for 15% off. Yeah, Yeah. so that's super cool to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome And even uh, now with dots, it's like adjusting a little bit more for that and it's still it's still representing that same way Yeah, yeah, I think that's super cool. It's insane. Um, I also think in powerlifting you have You know, it's not like other sports where prime Jordan is never gonna play prime LeBron, right? Mm -hmm. So it's really hard to compare those two but in powerlifting, numbers are numbers. Mm-hmm. So it's like even though, you know, Mariana may have retired, those numbers are always going to be there, mm-hmm. and you'll always have the chance to try to beat, beat them, that. Yeah. You know. So that's a, that's something that's actually really cool about mm-hmm. the sport. Yeah. Um, do you who's like your biggest competition now?
1: Hunter and Christy.
0: Hunter and Christy. Yeah. And they're both competing at the showdown. Right?
1: Yeah. So uh, in the 165 class by totals, it's Christy then Hunter then me. So. Yeah, those are those are my two. And how how close are you guys? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my total in sleeves is thirteen forty, and then Hunter's I think is fourteen ten, and then Christie's in like the fifteen. So Jeez. there's like a 100, 200 hundred pound gap that I still have to make up in order to beat those two, which is insane. But
0: so you're young and healthy. What was that? You're young and healthy. Yeah, you lots yeah. Of time, I'm right? only twenty
1: four. I got time. Christie's thirty nine and still killing the game still so.
2: hitting prs yeah. and breaking records yeah. and doing all that stuff that's yeah. insane that's crazy it's 39. disgusting
1: it's scary but it's, it makes me hopeful like if she has that kind of longevity it's like if you do it right and you do it smart then you know mm-hmm. you have all the time in the world have you had you any uh,
0: injuries you've had to deal with nope Zero.
1: Zero, so far wow i've been pretty i mean i have some aches and pains but i mean I when know. you're powerlifting everyone does so that's but, part for the course yeah life but. is pain Stay pretty healthy. I try to stay on top of body work as much as I can and mobility and keep it on top of a healthy diet for the most part. Um, and I don't know. I think me train the way I train too also helps. I train very sub max. Um, this time around, it was a little bit different. But before, like, for example, the 2019 Open, I think my heaviest pull was like 518, and I pulled almost 560. So I leave a lot in the tank. Oh, yeah. wow. Keep it pretty. I can handle a lot of volume too. So,
2: has your training changed a lot since the coaching change?
1: Uh, well, actually, now that Joe's coaching me, it's changed a lot. So usually I'm used to you know doing my warm ups or whatever and then just going right into my main work. But right now I'll have uh, like two or three accessories before main work for pre exhaustion work. Mm -hmm. Um, so like yesterday I did bench and I did. Sets of 15 on face pulls every 60 seconds until fatigue. And then also like straight arm lap pull downs, which gives me a really good base because everything's on and activated. But then I'm still getting smoked by 60% on bench for a four by five. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really humbling. Uh, but it's really, I've seen a lot of different physique changes in doing that. And I'm able to put a lot more effort into accessories because even after my main work, I still only have maybe two or three because I already did so much
0: volume before. So, what what are you noticing with your physique?
1: Uh I look a little bit harder. I getting leaner. I see more shape, which is always, you know, even though we're powerlifters, I do like to have better aesthetics. So, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs>
0: um on, on that note, this is the, the question that this is actually something that Sefi was super interested in cuz she's oh been diving into this and she yeah. was bummed out that she couldn't be here for this one. But I'm going to start broad and we'll okay. narrow it. In. <laughs> Only fans. Oh yeah, yeah. So, society is like really wrestling with this whole concept right now. Mm -hmm. Like some people are for it, some people are against it, some people are against it, and they don't know why. Some Mm -hmm. people, you know, love it and they don't know why. Mm -hmm. And you're actually really the first person that I know Mm -hmm. that I can talk to about it, who's who's doing it. So I'm interested to know what 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 were your was your thought process? What got you interested in it? Uh, and what what's your experience been like so far?
1: Okay. Well, my parents don't know I have one, so hi Mom and dad. <laughs> uh, well, oh God, I think one way so before the pandemic happened, I was like I was a bartender and I worked in restaurants and stuff like that. So being out of work was one motivator for it before I ever like dived into doing my nutrition and, and strength programming. And I think, For a very, very, very long time, I was a very insecure individual. I never had that much confidence growing up. And I think, I mean, I'm 24, almost 25 now, and it took a long time for me to gain that confidence. And also with a big part of my identity being in the strength community and in sports and kind of not tapping into my feminine energy, um, it kind of gave me an outlet to do that. And I know that OnlyFans gets kind of a stigma of, like, you know, you're a slut, you're this and that. But um, I think that there's something really empowering about it because it's made me, and and not that I'm getting validation from from these guys or whatever. I I really, that's not what I'm here for. It's that women in strength are just as beautiful as women who are not. You know, like, muscles don't make you manly. um, And being in strength sports has actually made me accept my body more than ever um, because I'm excited to see those changes I'm excited to get muscles I'm fine with gaining weight because I know it's it's for the most part quality weight
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, So yeah I don't, I don't know what what else is your question if I'm rambling on sorry no no you're not <laughs> I
0: think it's a really interesting thing because uh, so Steffi's uh, gathering information to write a book mm-hmm. on uh, the topic of the female athlete paradox yeah and I think you, you touched on it there where, We're in such, like, a a weird... We've always been in a weird space with female athletes Mm -hmm. where it's, like, if you embrace basically your femininity or Mm -hmm. sexuality in any sort of public way, Mm -hmm. it's sort of, like, people try to sort of project that it takes away from whatever you're doing in, like, a Mm -hmm. a serious way as an athlete, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you'll see shredded-up dudes on the cover of magazines, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, David Beckham can be shirtless on a magazine cover, and no one thinks it it makes him any less professional. Mm -hmm. But Serena Williams does like the the nude Sports Illustrated shoot and, you know, everybody has something to say about Mm it. So it's a weird space and you see it also, um, I don't know if you kept up with this, but uh, that uh, Latin American uh, singer, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: there was a girl who was in his music videos, like she was one of the background dancers, Mm -hmm. and... uh, or not background dancer, but one of the, like, you know, the girls how they have them dancing around, yeah, half Leo naked. And, and yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and she opened up her own OnlyFans mm-hmm. and then he made a public statement for some reason, I'm not sure why, mm-hmm. saying that it was super unprofessional and she shouldn't be sexualizing herself for money and all of these things. And it's like, But you're doing that with her. So it's okay for you to make money off of her. Mm
1: -hmm. But when we take charge, it's a problem. And that's the thing. It's like, I... I would take these pictures of myself anyway, just to document, you know, like, Hey, I look good today. I feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I like about OnlyFans, it's like, yes, I'm posting this for people to see, but I have the power. I get to say, no, I get to post when I want. I can reply when I want, you know? So I have a lot of the power in it. It's not someone forcing me to do it or it's not like some dude catcalling me on the street. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. You have full. Ca- and what, yeah, so what's, what's the inside of like an, of that platform look like? I'm sure lots of people know, but I'm sure lots of people don't actually understand how that works.
1: So it, it's, it gets pretty wild sometimes. Um, and again, that depends on some of the content you post, but I mean, there's people saying wild shit in my Instagram DMs. So it's kind of like <laughs> now they're just paying to say that to me. And, but again, I can reply to that if I want, I can give them what I want. If they want this picture or whatever, I can say yes or no. Um,
0: and you can set the price of what that yes, costs, Yes. So right? basically
1: how it works is like you have a set subscription price. Um, so you can, you know, people pay anywhere from $4 to like whatever, 30, whatever you set your price to. I'm sure people who are a lot more famous can get away with the $50 a month subscription. So you have, those are recurring um, or if they decide to just pay for a month, but most of them are just like this recurring payment. Um, and then you have a main wall where you can post whatever you want. So. If you decide to make a post, I can post like a teaser of like a clip or um, I could post a picture and have something covered up. And then if they want the uncovered version or the full version of something, it's a pay-per-view content. And so you can set your price for that. And it's like, okay, you want this picture, that'll be $40. And that Mm -hmm. goes for as many fans as you want. So it's really, really lucrative if you, you know, really get on it. And I don't post... I maybe post about it once or something a month. I don't really... I know a lot of girls who it's their full-time job and they make a killing and maybe work 15 hours a week. But I, I don't know, it's kind of weird. I look at it as like passive income because I don't put that much effort into it, but it makes me quite a bit of money, so.
0: Yeah, do you think it's something you'll continue to get more and more into because it's so lucrative? Or do you think that now, or you just like it how it is, sort of? I kind of like it how it is
1: now because When I first started, I was on it every single day. Now I maybe log on once or twice a week. Um, Sometimes it does get a bit overwhelming because these people, they have access to you. And sometimes I don't feel like I want to give people that side of me, Um, Mm -hmm. especially because I I like to save a lot of me for my relationship, you know? Um, So it's kind of like a balancing act of like, when is this too much? When I start to feel overwhelmed, I stop. And that's why I like it because, again, I have the power to do whatever with it as I so choose. Mm
0: -hmm. Do you ever have, um, like, instances where you just find the other side, like, depressing? Sort of like guys who, you know, go to a strip club and fall in love with a stripper. Like, they just, like, tell you, they literally, like, fall in love and tell you their life story.
1: I've, like, the shit that I've had said to me, like the amount that someone might want me is just like, I am some chick on the internet that you've never met, you don't know my flaws, all of this stuff, and it's like, they get so into it, and so it's almost like they they fall in love with a character, because that's not really me, mm-hmm. you know? Some of it, I try to post real life content, whatever, but it's like, it is a character that I'm turning on, and then when I log off, you know, I'm just Brie, you know, so.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting new and emerging industry, and. My, my mind always, like, jumps to the the business side of things and mm-hmm. what, like, the implications of, of that can be. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've seen this yet, but what I kind of noticed as being, like, a maybe a potential issue down the road is what the great thing about the OnlyFans platform is right now is that it uh, democratizes and decentralizes mm-hmm. that whole industry. Right? So it's nice that there's not, like five big producers like in the Mm -hmm. porn industry like a monopoly yeah where it's like well if you want to make money in this industry you have to do this Mm -hmm. you know and you know and you see that all the time Mm -hmm. like people have obviously bad uh, interactions in the porn industry often yeah but I see it. The more popular it gets, and you're already starting to see it. There's these management companies coming into OnlyFans mm-hmm. who are managing mm-hmm. multiple girls. They're organizing the shoots. They're doing the communication. They're doing like.
1: I have a friend who is into that.
0: I, yeah. I do. I do as well. Yeah. I know I'm someone personally who is in one of those management companies, and it's like I'm. I'm sure it's like anything. There's good and there's bad. Mm-hmm. But do you think that we're just going to see the same thing sort of happen over again, where it's basically the same shady industry? just getting brought into here
1: yeah I mean eventually because I mean there's even been times where I'm like I don't want to do this shit I wish I had someone to just manage it tell me when to take this photo this photo and then you guys put it in the queue and you guys do everything um I don't know if I'll eventually get to that because because it is so overwhelming sometimes and it is a lot to deal with mentally like there's some times where I'm like fuck should I have posted that like do I need to delete that so I, I have a lot of I second guess myself a lot, um, but I'm kind of at a point in. Dude, I do
0: that posting like a selfie. What was So that? I can't imagine. Yeah, like, yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. Know? Like, yeah. fuck. Like I, my face looks fucked up in this. I don't my know. My hair like, looks the more stupid. I look at it. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't. I don't think I'll get to the point where I would have like a manager or whatever because I do. I do second guess myself a lot, even just in everyday life. Um, but I'm to the point in my level of confidence for myself that, you know, maybe if a picture gets leaked, I really, I don't know. I don't really care because I, I think I look good and everyone has the same equipment. It just looks a little different.
0: Yeah. So mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. That's a good way to think about it. I think. <laughs> you, Would you ever get more into the business side yourself? Like managing other people?
1: Mm, for right now, I don't see that happening just because I'm so busy with so much other shit that I can barely manage my own time.
2: Yeah. Well, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what, what do you think it has helped with the most? Because I know you're talking about confidence and, mm-hmm. and weight, for example, because like, I'm a nutrition coach and, mm-hmm. and coach a lot of women, and I notice just, for example, this could be men or women, if they see a spike on the scale mm-hmm. or even like it's like they're immediately upset. They see it's like increase in weight equals bad, mm-hmm. whereas like as you were saying, it could be body composition changes mm-hmm. and, and looking good and like confidence mm-hmm. and things like that. I'm just wondering if like you found – whether OnlyFans or training or something has helped. Uh, in
1: that training aspect. for sure. Uh, it, but the thing is, even before OnlyFans, I was already taking those kind of pictures just to document. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I started doing that probably in the beginning of quarantine. I started kind of cleaning up my shit because I had nothing else to do, obviously. Um, and so that's what gave me the confidence to even start one, uh, besides just the financial factor, is that I was like, I like these photos, I don't want to just keep them in my album. And if I have a platform where I can post them and I can get paid for it and make a very good amount of money, why not?
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, damn, I, I had to, I lost my train of thought, so Caesar cut this. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I feel like uh, people are really afraid to say that they feel good mm-hmm. um, about getting external validation. Mm-hmm. And I don't really think there's anything wrong with that unless it's... Con, like overly consuming right mm-hmm. like if if you get a cer- only a certain amount of likes on a photo on Instagram mm-hmm. and it crushes your confidence that's a problem yeah but I don't think there's really anything wrong with enjoying getting that positive feedback no right? exactly
1: like when you post a big lift or some or like when you do a big lift what do you want to do you want to post it and that sounds yeah. super vain but it's like that's kind of the world we live in now. Like, Not only are there people that follow me that I don't know, but like, I want my friends to see this, I want my family to see this, and I kind of treat it, I kind of treat Instagram as a diary sometimes, and that might not be the best for my brand, but I try to be as transparent as possible, and I think that's how I've gotten the following that I've gotten because I talk like I'm a real person. Right, yeah. yeah, you're relatable. Yeah.
0: Have you gotten any backlash from anybody? for doing this? Uh, anyone, anyone close to you? No. No? Everyone's no. been really supportive? Yeah,
1: all my friends have been super supportive. Um, my parents are going to know if they uh, <laughs> if they uh, watch this or listen to this, but, I mean, I'm an adult, uh, but all my friends have been super super supportive. Um, I have some friends who are also, I guess, you can call us sex workers or whatever. Uh, it doesn't sound that glamorous, but that's the reality of it. Um, but I have a lot of friends who do OnlyFans as well and are super supportive with that, so...
0: Yeah. that's cool and
1: I, it's like if, if I get any backlash like it's it's my life I don't really if you're not in my immediate circle of family or friends I don't really care about your opinion of what I'm doing
0: yeah and I also feel like you're doing it because it's something you're okay with Yeah, it's not something mm-hmm. that accidentally happened and that
2: you know you're upset about exactly so I and think that whatever we do we're gonna get backlash on something it's, it's, you're not
1: gonna be able to make anyone happy exactly like everyone's uh-huh. gonna have something to say
0: so do you uh, find it distracting from other areas of life like do you feel feel less motivated because you're making a a lot doing that to like sometimes yes and
1: joe has been a really big factor of that because like i make a very comfortable living on OnlyFans not putting that much effort into it and so i've been talking about doing nutrition and i mean i already did programming but i didn't really like you know advertise for it and I'm more of a fan of nutrition programming anyway, now that I've been doing it. Um, but for the longest time, I was like, I wanna do this, I wanna sign up for this course. And he finally was like, all right, I know that you know, you're know you making money off this, but I know you're not gonna be doing it forever. So you need to finally set yourself up, you know what you're talking about, you've done this course, start having multiple revenues or multiple avenues of revenue, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, multiple streams of income, sorry, cut that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but having just multiple streams of income to support myself and set myself up for my future.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I think it's a... T- I, the, the thing that gets people, I think, mm-hmm. is when they're like, you know, what if it was your daughter or what, mm-hmm. th- that's doing this or whatever? And uh, a friend she, of mine your made... Your
1: daughter's doing it for free behind closed doors. Exactly. <laughs> you know? <laughs> exactly, <right>. like, <laughs> and,
0: oh, and also, I think uh, a, f- a friend of mine made a really good point in that, like, one of the biggest... Things parents worry about with mm-hmm. their kids is their financial stability. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you look at the things that cause stress, anxiety, depression, mm-hmm. it's like all the uncertainties that come along with not having financial stability, mm-hmm. living paycheck to paycheck, having to skip meals mm-hmm. if you, you know, yeah, if you can't, you know, or even just not living up to a lifestyle standard, yeah, that you find enjoyable. So it's like if that can be provided for for your kid, yeah, through and like, avenue. like
1: two years ago, like or even less, I was still asking my parents for help with rent, you know, at 22 years old, which isn't that old, but it's like, at some point I was like, fuck, I feel so irresponsible. I can't make rent. And then the pandemic happened and which I hate to say it, but it's like, it improved my life almost because I, not only did I start OnlyFans, but I started working for myself and making my own schedule and charging what I think is fair and putting value upon myself. And right now I'm the most financially stable I've ever been in my life. Like I finally have a good cushion for a savings. I wouldn't have been able to move out here to Vegas by myself uh, if it weren't for that. So, I, I see no negative to it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I think I think um, conversations like this are important because it normalizes the whole thing, mm-hmm. and people having these conversations makes other people have the conversations, mm-hmm. and so on. So if you if you had like a message. It doesn't necessarily have to be uh, mm-hmm. about this topic, but if you had some message that you think like every girl mm-hmm. could hear oh through this platform, <laughs> what do you think that is?
1: Oh, shit. I'm the one that's got to say this. Um, I don't know. Do do the things that make you happy regardless of what anybody says. If it's going to positive, positively impact your life um, and the pros outweigh the cons, then I don't see any reason... Like, if it doesn't hurt anybody around you, follow what you think is right. Um, There's a lot of naysayers and there'll be a lot of people who you won't be able to make happy, but I think especially being um, in the spotlight, uh, for lack of a better word, not just putting yourself in one box. For the longest time, I only posted my lifts. I never really posted Mm -hmm. selfies. I never, you know, posted me in a cute outfit or whatever, and I finally learned that I can be more than one thing. And i don't just have to fit in this small box because this is what society or social media only sees me to be as so
0: that sounds super liberating and it's something that i know Steffi has gone through as well like if you go back you know a few years ago Mm -hmm. to what her instagram looked like she was she uh, you guys are in an industry that's male dominated Mm -hmm. so you already have to be above and beyond Mm -hmm. your male counterparts Mm -hmm. to Get the same level of respect, mm-hmm. so she really didn't want. Like, she wouldn't even post herself wearing a dress. Yeah. Because she's like, this is not me being an athlete. This is not me being like a, a PT. Yeah. So it's like this doesn't help me. Can only make people th- think of me less professionally. Mm-hmm. And she took a, a risk. I think um, we actually met the uh, guy, the guy and girl, the couple who run Orangutan. orangutan? It's and, my
1: dream to shoot with them.
0: Yeah. Well, we can link you up with them. For yeah. Sure. No,
1: uh, I think Joe and I are going to come to Miami sometime this summer and that's when I wanted to, okay. yeah. Yeah. yeah yes. Well, we know they're amazing. amazing. Oh.
0: Um, the, and they were good friends with friends of ours. We actually met them at a, a, a birthday party and okay. they were there and the guy was like right away. Like, I think we should take photos and Steph pushed it off and pushed it mm-hmm. off. She's like, I don't know how I feel about it. A lot of the, the photos were, you know, hyper sexualized, mm-hmm dude when Um, she
1: released those I was like yes (laughs) she looks so good yeah she looked amazing
0: amazing. and uh, I thought what was was cool was for her I think really for the first time Mm -hmm. she I'm sure she she felt beautiful Mm -hmm. in different ways and things she was comfortable in Mm -hmm. but she never thought she would do a photo shoot like that and feel beautiful like she I guess imagined you know girls of certain body types would feel Mm -hmm. girls who aren't muscular who have curves who have like that tradition traditional Traditional, like shape uh so it was eye-opening for her Mm and liberating and she had the same thought process you did like it's not hurting anybody it only has has helped her her positively and at the end of the day Mm -hmm. the people who are gonna look at you differently for Mm -hmm. doing things that make you feel better are like not the people who are important in your life anyway
1: people are saying i saw in some comments saying that like she's selling out. And it's like, how is she selling out for like being herself and being something other than an athlete? Like sure. she is a real person uh, too. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then you go to, you'll go to a guy's page and you know.
1: He can be shirtless doing can, whatever workout and it's yeah. like, oh, sick bro. <laughs> like yeah. what? It's a yeah. weird double standard but yeah. I'm,
0: uh, I'm glad you guys are, you know, changing the narrative a little bit.
1: Yeah, I hope to. <laughs>
0: uh, where can people find you?
1: Uh, people can find me on Instagram. Uh, my username is at Brianni T. Um, that's pretty much all the social media that I'm on. Um, yeah.
0: Awesome, cool. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you. For I'm having me. glad we got to ask those questions. Yeah. Yeah. So. Thank you.